chapter 1, verse 20 to 22. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. Amen. Randagurindi Yoninde Idivadu Dotulavakim. Amen. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you and we praise you for your word. We pray that you would release grace and anointing in this place that will make the proclamation of God's word effective. In Jesus' name, we bind every powers of darkness, every resistance to the preaching of God's word. In Jesus' name, every critical spirit, we bind them in Jesus' name. We take victory in the house. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the privilege of hearing God's word. Thank you for the privilege of doing and practicing the word of God in our lives. Thank you for the privilege of giving for God's word. We pray that your blessings will rest upon God's people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Please be seated. Thank you, Jesus. Just want to acknowledge my sister who's here. I forgot to mention her. Jesse, would you please wave your hand? Thank you. God bless. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Apostle Paul, writing to the Corinthians, says, For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set a seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is yet to come. Amen. This morning, the message is titled, More Than Just Promises. More Than Just promises. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, it's more than just promises. Amen. Yes, it's more than just promises. We live in a world where promises are made and promises are not kept. We live in a world where promises are broken very easily. We live in a world where promises does not mean much. And those who have come from India, they know that in India, they also have a toothpaste called I don't know if that, if, we, if people who use them, if they are reminded of promises every morning. 
But we know that promises in this world, well, people take it lightly. In such a culture, in such a setup, we need to understand that the promises that God makes are not just mere words. Praise the Lord. The promises of God are yea and yea in Christ Jesus. And we say amen to it for the glory of God. In fact, you and I have a God who keeps his promises despite the surroundings, despite the environment, despite the challenges, despite what is at stake, despite the obstacles, despite the odds that are set against us. In fact, God is a God who keeps his promise no matter what happens. The Bible says both in Old and in New Testament that God cannot lie. He is not a man that he would lie. In New Testament, the Bible says God cannot lie. If there is anything that God cannot do, for God who can do all things, if there is anything that God cannot do, it is that he cannot lie. He does not go back on his word. A moment about the context of this particular words. Apostle Paul was challenged by the people around him, by people who were spreading slander about him, saying that Paul says this and that. One moment he says this, and the next moment he says that. If that's the case, how can we trust the word that he is preaching? And if you were to read the prior verses, we can understand that Paul fights against this by saying, no, we have not said this and that, but rather when we preach the word of God, our, the word that we brought was credible. The word that we brought was tested. The word that we preach was truth. There was no error in it. And then he moves on to say, regardless of what anybody and everybody says, the promises that God makes are yea and yea in Christ Jesus. And we say amen to it for the glory of God the Father. What does he mean? He is saying that Jesus is the yes to every promise of God. Praise God. This is what he means. That Jesus, if Jesus had never come, if he would have not come into this world as a savior, you and I would have had a reason perhaps to doubt the promises of God. But no, Christ has come, which is also the promise that was made. And Christ came. He came down into this world as a Savior, did everything that he needed to do to redeem you and me. And if God went to the extent of sending Christ into this world, and Christ has gone through everything and became our Savior, 
Savior by giving up his life on the cross of Calvary. You and I have no need to doubt on the promises of God. For he who spared his only son with him, would he not also give us everything we need? Whether the promises are small or great, they are yes because Jesus is yes to every promise of God. Hallelujah. Christ is the personal guarantee of God that every big and small promises are true. Praise God. Are we in a place to receive the promises of God? Are we in a place to accept the promises of God? Are we in a place to act upon the promises of God? Are we in a place to stand upon the promises of God? Are we in a place to bank upon the promises of God? Are we in a place to carry the promises of God? Are we in a place to hand out the promises of God? Are we in a place to transmit the promises of God into our next generation? Are we in a place to etch the promises of God in our hearts, in our minds, in our thoughts and imprint them in the hearts of our next generation? Hallelujah. Praise God. Paul refutes what they were talking about him. And this is what Paul says, listen, praise God. No matter how many promises we have, they are yea and yea in Christ Jesus. And we say amen to it. It is, just, it is not just promises. It's more than promises. And this is what Paul says, listen, thank God has made what? He has made us to stand firm. He has made us, you and us. The preacher and the one that he preached to. Praise God. The messenger and those who receive the message. He is saying that God has made us to stand firm in Christ Jesus. He has to may, yes, made us to stand firm in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. The psalmist in the Old Testament says, Our plight before and after. He has lifted us out of the mighty clay. Put our feet on the rock to stay. The picture that is used there by the psalmist is, Mighty clay, if you are ever stepped on mighty clay, if you ever been in a muddy place, you know there is no grip to it. Every moment you put your feet you would slip, you would falter, you will fall. Praise God. But God has lifted you and me up out of the mire clay. Put off our feet, put our feet on the rock to stay. And He has made our going steady. God is a God who is able to allow you able to make us stand firm in Christ. Jesus, hallelujah. The Asap talks about the wicked. He says, God, you have placed the wicked in a slippery place. Folks, once we were in a slippery place, once we were in miry clay, but now he has made us to stand firm. He has made our going steady. 
Firm in what? Firm in our faith. Firm in our confidence in him. Firm in the finished work of Christ on the cross of Calvary. Firm on the word of God. Firm on the eternal word of God. Firm on the commitments that we have made. Firm and established in the word of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yes, Paul is saying, listen, God has established you in faith. Hallelujah. And those who have been established, those who stand firm in Christ, unless you stand firm in Christ, you cannot stand for your faith. Unless you, unless you stand firm in your faith, you cannot contend for your faith. How often people want to contend for their faith without standing firm on their faith. Unless we stand firm on the finished work of Christ, unless we stand firm in faith, you and I are not able to contend for our faith. Corinthians the believers in Corinth and Paul were bound in the same bundle of life. That's what Paul says when he says that he has made us to stand firm in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He has made us to stand firm in Christ Jesus. And the next thing Paul says is that God has anointed us. How many of you know that you and I are anointed? Turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor, I'm anointed. Praise God. In the Old Testament, the anointing was exclusively for the priest, for the prophet, and for the king. When they were, they were ordained into an office, they were ordained and they were anointed with a purpose in order to function in the capacity, in the capability, in order to function in that office, they were anointed. But when we come into the New Testament, the Bible says God has anointed every one of us. Praise God. Why has he anointed every one of us to put up a show? No. To walk around saying that I am anointed and live a defeated life? No. Praise God. He has anointed us so that we can continue in that anointing. So that we can continue to live a victorious life. So that we can continue to serve him. So that we can continue to work for him. So that we can continue to stand for him. So that we can continue to fulfill the call that God has placed upon our lives. Every one of us is anointed, but our callings are different. Our offices are different, but every one of us is anointed. Praise God. Hallelujah. It is the anointing that breaks the yoke. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible says that Jesus was anointed. How was he anointed? He was anointed by what? He was anointed by Holy Spirit and power. And he did what? What did he do? What did he do? Jesus was anointed with Holy Spirit and power. And he went around doing good. Most of the people think that the anointing is only to 
speak in tongues. Most of the people think that the anointing is to make a lot of noise. People think that anointing is to just simply to heal and to, 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 to deliver people who are under demon possession. But the Bible says uh, the anointing is also to do good. Hello. Amen. Praise God. Anointing is not only to do good. The anointing is also to preach the good news which brings liberty, freedom to those who are bound in darkness, those who are bound by the power of darkness. Praise God. The word of God that you preach us, it releases the power of God, setting the captives free. Hallelujah. Yes, Christ has anointed us. God has anointed us. Praise God. This anointing, it does something very special. This anointing, it equips us. It enables us. It empowers us. It en en enriches us. It energizes us to do what? To fulfill the purpose of God. To fulfill the callings of God. To function. To move in the anointing of God. Is to move in the power of God. To move in the anointing of God. Is to be sensitive to the spirit of God. To move in the anointing of God. Is to make known the will of God. Praise God. And God has anointed every one of the believers. Praise God. Hallelujah. As we yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit, he enables us to serve God and to live godly lives. Hallelujah. To live godly lives. Praise God. Because the Lord gives us that spiritual discernment that we need to serve God. This is why what John the Revelator says in 1 John. He says, as for you, the anointing that you receive from him remains in you. And you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things. And as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as, as it has taught you, remain in him. Praise the Lord. A lot of people take this verse and they misquote it by saying that you have the anointing, we have the anointing, therefore we don't need anybody to teach. That's not what the word of God says. Praise God. The anointing in us, praise God. It remains in him, praise God. It remains in us and this anointing teaches us, meaning that the Christian does not need any teaching apart from what is found in the word of God because it is the complete truth of God. The anointing upon you enables you to realize that you have the word of God that is given to you and that you remain in the word of God. You do not need an extra revelation. You do not need anything that is out of the word to teach you because the spirit of God that is in you, it is the spirit of truth which leads you into all the truth. He, when the spirit of truth comes, he will lead you into all the truth. He will remind you of the teachings of Christ. 
Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. You and I have been anointed. Praise God. Hallelujah. To fulfill the purpose of God. Amen. Praise God. Yes, that's not only what Paul says. He says, you and I stand firm in Christ. We've been anointed. Hallelujah. Not only anointed, he says, we've been sealed with what? Sealed with what? Uh-huh, read that part. How does it go? The next verse, brother. Hmm. Amen. Praise God. He has anointed us, set his seal of ownership upon us. Praise God. He has set the seal of ownership upon us. Praise God. Sealed what? Sealed by who? Praise God. Sealed. Those who are redeemed are sealed by the Redeemer. Praise God. You and I have not been sealed by simple just some matter. But you and I have been sealed with the Holy Spirit. It's a seal of what? Ownership. Hmm. Praise the Lord. Seal of ownership. If we were to understand the significance of seal from a biblical perspective, you can understand it from the Old and the New Testament. The seal had so much power that an old empire would stand behind the seal. An entire kingdom would stand behind a seal. An entire army would stand behind a seal. The seal, the significance of seal was such that once a seal was placed on something, it would stand. Daniel was put in the den. They rolled a stone and they put the king's signet seal upon him so that his situation would not be changed. Esther, in Esther's time we heard that the king put his seal upon the edict so that the situation cannot be changed. When Jesus was crucified and he was buried, they rolled a stone over the tomb, put the Roman seal upon it so that no one could disturb it. Folks, if this worldly seal has so much Power that the seal of an empire has so much power that the worldly people would not dare to challenge that seal. How much more the seal of God, not just sealed by any wax, you and I have been sealed with the Holy Spirit. It is a seal of God's ownership upon our lives. Hallelujah. Praise God. What does seal speak of? Seal speaks of a finished transaction. When a transaction is done, boom, paid in full. Praise God. Paid in full. Praise God. The redemption of our soul has taken place without any doubt. And the seal of God's ownership is upon our lives. Praise God. And the use of the seal is it's a mark of authenticity. 
Praise God. You know, when big corporations and companies, they put their seal upon their product, what they are saying, what they are telling you and me is that we have tested this product. We have done a quality test on it, and our seal on that product tells you, you can buy this product without a shadow of doubt because this is authentic. This is genuine. That's what the world does. Praise God. If that's the case, my dear friends, we've been sealed with a seal of ownership. Praise God. We truly belong to him. The spirit of God in us, the seal of the Holy Spirit, is a testimony of the fact that you and I are not fake and not counterfeit, but we authentically belong to him. Hallelujah. Praise God. Listen. <laughs> you and I are not identified by how much noise we make in the house of God. How much religious activities that we are involved in. How much religious religious programs that we are involved in. Praise God. You and I, our authenticity the fact that we are genuine believers are proved by the fact that the seal of God's ownership is upon our lives. It's not just simply mere profession, praise God, but the fact that God's seal of ownership is upon our lives. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. You know, it's the seal upon our lives. It indicates our worth and our value. Praise God. The seal of God's spirit upon us. It tells the world. It tells us that we are special. That we are valuable. That we are important. Praise God. Hallelujah. If you have. Praise God. If you, have, if you think of yourself less. If you have an inferior complex. This morning. I want to tell you the spirit, the seal of God's ownership upon you tells without a shadow of doubt that you are valuable to God and that you are precious to God. Hallelujah. That we are important to him. The seal of ownership, it tells us that we belong to him. Praise God. We are his possession. I don't know how you feel about it. But I want to tell you, when I think that I belong to Jesus, when I think that Christ is mine and I belong to him and that heaven will stand by me today, tomorrow, and forever because I belong to him, because there is a seal of ownership upon my life, I am excited I want to give a shout out to the Lord. Hallelujah. The seal of ownership tells us that we are his possession. Hallelujah. You know, you don't go and put your signature, praise God, on anything, just simply on anything. You don't put your seal on just anybody's property. You put your seal on your property. When you sign a deed, you make sure that that has your name on it. Praise God. God has distinguished us from others. That he has set us apart 
for himself, for his own purpose. We belong to him exclusively. Praise God. You know what that means. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 6, 19, 20. You know what that verse is. We have been bought with a price. Therefore what? Glorify him in our body. We have been bought with a price. We do not belong to ourselves, but we belong to him. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yes, we belong to him. The seal of ownership tells us and anybody else that we are God's property. Turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor, I am God's property. Now, have you seen signs in properties? There are signs. It says, no trespassing. Trespasses will be. What do you think? It's just that you can take it. Take, take a sign like that and put it in someone else's property? No. Praise God. Hey, if a little piece of land in this place, and this earth, puts up a sign, the owners put up a sign saying, no trespassing, trespassers will be prosecuted. I want to tell you that you and I are God's property. No trespassing. What does that mean? If God's seal of ownership is upon us, that means that we are his possession. That means what? It means not only that we are his possession, we are what? Our welfare is his business. Hello? Your well-being is his business. How many of you have a health care? Why do you have a health care? Don't you work in a medical field? Don't you dispense medicine? Why do we have a health care? Yes. Huh? Come on. Oh, man. All you guys, half of the church is in medicine. If you haven't figured it out, I ain't saying it. Our welfare is his business. See, we need to understand that God's seal of ownership is upon us means that God, it, God has taken it up as his business to take care of you. Praise God. To take care of you. And he has not just sealed us with just something. He has sealed us with the Holy Spirit. Do you know what the Holy Spirit is? When it says that God has sealed us with the seal of the Holy Spirit, do you know what that is? The seal of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is what? Who is Holy Spirit? God himself. 
You and I are not sealed by Gabriel or by Raphael or by Michael, one of those angels. We've been sealed by the Spirit of God. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Our welfare is his business. Now, if I am his property, if you are his property, that means your protection is his business. It's not like ADT. We are home when you are not. When you walk, when you talk, when you fly, when you ride, when you sail, when you are thinking, when you are lying, wherever you are, you are under the protection of the Almighty God. Why? Because I've been sealed by the Spirit. The seal of God's ownership is upon me. I've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. And he has put a seal of ownership telling me that your protection is my business. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Yes, you and I have been protected by him. Praise God. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. In the 20th century, an English missionary went to China. And he served as a missionary for his entire life. One day in his sleep, he just entered into the presence of God. Once the neighbors realized that the man has entered into his eternal abode, the all-star decided to do what? What do you think normally people will do? What do you think normally people would do? If you learn that somebody entered into the eternal abode, what do you think people would do normally? Huh? Come on, come on. Yeah. But the neighbors decided to help themselves. Help themselves how? Started going in and picking up on what? After all, after all what the missionary is going to do with all his good stuff from England. They started taking his stuff away. One by one, they started going in, would look at his body, and will look what, what is around and just pick that up and put it in their pocket. Well, all of a sudden somebody reported this to the English consulate. And they sent a council to the missionary's house. The council comes to the missionary's house and he sees that the missionary lived in a home with no locks and bolts. Simply two doors. He could not lock the property and secure that place. So this is what the council did. He closed the door, took a piece of paper, he stuck it on the, on the two doors and put the England's seal upon it. Her royal majesty's seal upon it. And he just simply, coolly walked away. The neighbors came once the man left, wanted to enter into that house, but once they saw the seal, they realized 
that England, with all its power, stood behind that sea. Folks, if that's the case, I want to tell you this morning, you and I have been sealed with the seal of the Holy Spirit. God's seal of ownership is upon us. And heaven will stand behind that seal. Praise God. You are covered. You are protected. You are provided. Your welfare is his welfare because the seal of God's ownership is upon our lives. God willing, I will, I will continue next week. Shall we rise up before the Lord? Praise God. All eyes closed. Thanks be unto our God who has made us to stand firm in Christ Jesus. He has anointed us. He has put the seal of God's ownership upon our lives. He has deposited his spirit within us, guaranteeing what is yet to come. Father, we thank you and we praise you. How often we are anxious. How often we are disturbed. How often we lose our peace. How often we become unstable. How often we waver and we forget that God's seal of ownership is upon our lives. That we belong to you exclusively. We are the property of the almighty God. And God will stand by us. God will stand with us. And God will stand for us. Because we belong to you. My father, as we depart from this place, give us that assurance. Praise God that the seal of God's ownership is upon us. And we belong to you. Hallelujah. In life, we belong to you. When we die, we belong to you. When we thrive, we belong to you. When we prosper, we belong to you. When we go through hardships in our lives, when we go through poverty in our lives, when we go through challenges in our lives, we do not doubt, for we belong to you. Thank you, Father. We pray that you will send your people with God's blessings and assurance that heaven stands with us. Thank you, my Lord. Lord, we pray throughout this week that you will keep us in grace, that none will falter or fall, that we will stand firm in faith, firm in our commitment, firm in our conviction, firm on the word of God. Firm on the finished work of Christ on the cross. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. May your goodness dwell with us. May surely goodness and mercy follow us all the days of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody said, Amen. Amen. Praise God.